Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network, our short bonus mini playoff pod edition. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Adam Vingan, and I'm very tired. Yeah, both very tired here, recording early on Tuesday morning following the game one loss to Carolina, 5-2. to two. We will get into all of the controversy, or what I think is sort of an overblown controversy, about the lineup, and then we'll give you a quick preview, of course, coming up for game number two on Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock back in Raleigh. Number one, before we get into any of the details and discuss all the lineup drama and look at game two, the gold standard is brought to you by... Jaspers. Jaspers. A neighborhood watering hole. It's a great place to watch the Preds for now. <laughs> <laughs> Four to six happy hour. And of course, happy hour during Preds games. We had a Nashville SC watch party at Jaspers on Saturday. My wife and I popped by. I saw you guys posting some stuff on the socials with uh, you and the missus yes. having, having some cocktails at Jaspers. Or I guess your wife would not be having a cocktail. But it did not like a have a cocktail because she's pregnant. It was a mocktail. It was a mocktail. It had ginger beer. It's Ooh. blackberry juice, I think. Ooh. Not recall the the name of the beverage, but it, it had nice. a beautiful, be- a beautiful purple color to it, uh, which fits Bridget's motif. Um, <laughs> we split some cola poppers. Nice. I had the Jasper's burger, my go-to. What side um, item? Think, what side item do you get with the Jasper's burger? Because it's pretty awesome. The wedge fries. I okay. go with the wedge fries. Yeah. The, the sweet the, potato fries are good too. But I prefer a wedge fry the, to a waffle fry. My I, my wife is obsessed with the Tex-Mex black beans with like... I thought about verde, getting that. That does look very good. Oh, uh, with like the verde sauce. And then the charred broccoli is spectacular. So go to Jasper's and watch the Preds while you can. Um, all right. So we'll get to game two uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Please share the show, rate, review, and subscribe, all that great stuff. So number one, first, Adam, before we get into any of the lineup drama, just your overall reaction to game one, the performance. They lose five to two. Sort of a, a case of the good, the bad, and the ugly in the first period, the second period, and the third period. I didn't think it was particularly close. Um, I thought they played hard, but I thought Carolina showed that they were one of the best teams in the NHL this year. I would I would generally agree with that. The analytics were certainly in Carolina's favor. Now, some of that had to do with the fact that the Predators gave them, I believe, five power play opportunities. And the Predators were fortunate uh, not to give up any power play goals. Um, but all of that time that the hurricane spent on the power play skewed uh, the numbers in their favor. According to sport logic, they had seven minutes, 19 seconds of offensive zone possession time compared to four minutes, seven seconds for the predators slot shots on net were 21, nine in favor of the hurricanes. And we talked about this before the series, that one thing the Predators were going to have to do um, was continue to play stout defense in and around the net. Uh, They did not do that last night. Um, UC Soros did a lot to keep that game within striking distance. You know, you could certainly argue about which goals he quote unquote would like to have back. The Jordan Stahl four-on-four goal from a sharp angle. Actually, both Jordan Stahl goals. The, uh, you know, he seemed to fool everybody. Jordan Stahl, except including for himself, including Roman Yossi, including Roman Yossi um, on the second goal, um, the turnaround in the slot. Um, but this is what I think a lot of people expected this series to be. 
the Hurricanes are a vastly superior team in almost all areas. Um, I think last night was the first time in the postseason so far, very early in the postseason, that a team had a two-goal lead. I think I saw that on Twitter last night. What? Uh, that seems crazy. It does seem crazy to me, but think there's, about o- there's how- only been, there's only been like what eight games. Yeah, eight, think about games. how many teams have gone to overtime. Yeah, that's true. Um, that Boston game both, was incredible. Yeah, both Boston Washington games have gone to overtime. Um, the Tampa Florida game did not go to overtime, but that was a back and forth game, a, a fabulous game. The uh, the Golden Knights Wild game, I believe, was one nothing. It was the first game. Um, Any, anyway, so, <laughs> anyway, but the point is that the, the playoffs have been very tight. And the Predators were fortunate to be tied at two entering the third period. I thought they were outplayed for the most part. You know, I will give them credit in the beginning of the second period. I think it took them like six or seven minutes to get a shot, get their first shot on net. But once they did, uh, they turned it, they, they turned around, they turned the momentum around, excuse me. And, um, Eric Hall has scored. By the way, Eric Hall, a public enemy number one in yeah, Raleigh, apparently. Like, I, I, we've got to ask this guy. Wasn't he traded away? Like, how, yes, how can you be? He was a member ha- of the team. He was a member of the team for like three quarters of a season. How can you be that hated? I don't know. And then he was traded as part of a package for Vincent Trocek. He was traded from Carolina to Florida for Vincent Trocek. I believe it was. Uh, a one for four trade. I think it was Trocheck for Halla and three other players. Um, so Halla was barely in Carolina. I don't think he lasted a full season. I don't know. Hey, Sarah, what he must Sarah, Sarah Sivian from the athletics mentioned him. Like he mentioned him. She mentioned him on the pod last week. And I thought, okay, I know he played there for a minute, but like, why do like they were booing him every chance he got. I mean, obviously he scored a goal. So that makes it even more juicier, but like, I just don't, I didn't understand it either. I was I had it on the sh- I had it on the show notes to ask you about that. Like, why does Carolina? Yeah, I don't know. Carcola? I don't know. He must have spit on everybody's face in the triangle area <laughs> on his I way guess. out the door. Um, I but I actually thought what was funny was Sarah tweeted a video during the second intermission, and she was she said something to the effect of, "I wasn't sure why fans were booing during the second intermission until I realized that Eric Halla was doing an intermission interview," and she zoomed <laughs> in on the corner of the rink where the predators uh, enter the ice, the visiting where the visiting dressing room is at PNC arena. And Eric Halla had the headset on uh, talking to, I assume Kara hammer uh, and fans were just giving it to him. Oh, God. So strange intermission interview. All right. Well, let's, let's get back to the game and then how they can maybe make some adjustments. And I guess the controversy, if you want to call it that, and listen, don't come to this show. Don't listen to this show. If you want, you know, a sugar-coated, like at one point, the TV broadcast was like, well, these guys are gaining valuable experience in the third period. I was like, oh my God, it's a bad sign when we're going to the, quote, gaining valuable experience in the first game of a series. That's a bad sign. This team got their ass kicked in the third period, probably somewhat to some degree in the second period. They just withstood the, the, the punches. The question, and this goes to all of the controversy, and I don't really know why it's even a controversy, frankly, he made John Hines made some lineup decisions in game one. He went big on defense, especially in the third pairing with Good Branson and Harper. Uh, he played Olivier and Jeannot. Jeannot was up on the third line. Um, Olivier was back on the bottom line there with Trennan and Sissons. They played very well in the first period. Everybody played pretty well in the first period. And it looked like that style, that heavy 
physical, in-your-face, muck-it-up style it was was working in the first period. I, I, you know, look, we both picked Carolina in six, so we should not be surprised that Carolina is the better not team. Even make it that far, right? I, I guess uh, Ellie Tolvin was on the bench. That caught a lot of conversation. I just don't see. Here, here's my problem: the the Mikael Granlund line didn't have a shot. Roman Yossi played one of the worst games I've seen him play in a playoff game as a as the captain for the Predators. Yes, you could argue the third pairing was a little slow, and and maybe that maybe Fabro or Benning or some combination might have been better, which I think actually is a more interesting conversation than should Tolvanen have played or or whatever. Like people talking about Rocco Grimaldi instead of Arvidsson is just so stupid to me. I, I just don't see how one or two lineup changes changes the outcome of the game, and so I'm not sure. I don't buy into the controversy of in the post game when John Hines is saying, "Well, well." You know, we made some lineup decisions. We played really hard. We were tied 2-2 going into third period, and we lost the game. We didn't make plays. I just don't see that to be that controversial, and it seems like Preds fans are are up in arms that Tolvin and didn't play. Yeah, it, it fans were accusing John of roster malpractice, and if the Predators would have won that game, there would have been no argument, potentially, about the lineup. But he did, uh, John, that is, uh, did load up on the beef in the uh, in the lineup for the first time this season. Tanner Janot, Matthew Olivier, Yakov Trenin, and Colton Sisson is dressed in the same game, um, and he also, as we you noted, dressed Harper and Goodbranson on the third pair, and they had trouble with the hurricane speed. Um, I believe it was the Nino Niederreiter goal that was not a good look for that pair, and then shortly thereafter, Aho turned on the Jets yeah. um, and just blew past Ben Harper. But then again, few players in the NHL would be able to keep up with Sebastian Ajo at top speed. So I could see some adjustments being made there. John certainly got defensive after the game about the lineup because there were a lot of questions about the lineup. Um, Is this just the media, though, like trying to ask questions based on what they see on Twitter? Maybe. Who knows? Um, the thing, here's the thing, John Hines telegraphed this. He spoke last week about Ellie Tolvanen and Dante Fabro and what he hadn't seen from them since they both returned from injury. And that, I mean, he, like, it was not a surprise that both of them were scratched last night. John, John, and to an extent, David Poyle made it clear that this was a distinct possibility. They also made it clear that the game one lineup was not going to be the game two lineup, win or lose, most likely. Now, I had a lot of people push back on that on Twitter saying, well, the Predators don't have any games to waste um, in this series. They've never won a playoff series when losing the first game. Oh, and 10, by the way. Uh, Both of which are true. Both of which are true. But what I find interesting and here I go again, being a water-carrying John Hines apologist, <laughs> is that people seem to forget that he did play a role in this team's turnaround. I know that no, UC the Soros head coach. Played, yeah, the no, head coach? really. He, the, the, you know, look, UC Soros played incredible in the second half of the season, and that had a lot to do with it. But as I wrote last week, I wrote a story last week you know, going behind the scenes of that eight game road trip that they went on in March, which basically saved their season. And, you know, John Hines, you know, 
shared an anecdote with me that was really interesting. And if you haven't read the story, it's in there. I recommend it. I was actually pretty proud of it at the end of the day, which, you know, as someone who's naturally pessimistic about his work, isn't, you know, isn't something I say lightly. But basically, he, you know, he had a meeting with the forwards on the on the morning of that first Dallas game in early March and showed him highlights and showed them highlights of Alex Barkov and Jonathan Uberdo and Braden Point and Steven Stamkos, you know, top forwards on other teams whose work habits on both ends of the ice are what John wants out of his group and basically challenged them and said, why aren't you doing this? What, am, what is it going to take for you to do this? And if we don't do this, we aren't going to win. And we aren't going to make the playoffs, basically. And they bought in. So it, I know that it's until it's Ryan Johansson until Ryan Johansson lets somebody go right past him and picks up a bad penalty for tripping him. Right, but that <laughs> to me, that's not John Hines's fault. No, I know. Uh, I know. So, but like, I understand. Like, would I have played Ellie Tolvin in last night? Yes, I would have played Ellie Tolvin in last night. But when you watch that game, do you really think that yep. inserting Ellie Tolvanen in the lineup would have made that big of a difference? The power play couldn't even get set up yeah. in the <laughs> offensive zone, which is a credit to how good of a penalty kill the Hurricanes have. But Ellie Tolvanen would not have made it any easier for the Predators to enter the zone. They could barely get set up. This, and, is, this is where two things are true. I'm with you. Yes, I probably would have played Ellie Tolvin in on Monday night in game one. And number two, it would not have made a difference. Like, I, I, this is where, like, I'm okay with John Hines trying the big, heavy lineup strategy. Because also, by the way, not only did he telegraph that and tell us that, it's also how we talked about it on our show. It's the way they're going to beat Carolina. It's to make the game dirty and to be physical and to get in their kitchen. Like, you didn't bother a rookie goaltender at any point after the first period. He just stood back there and was not even challenged at any point. You did not play your game the way they thought they were going to play after like they did it in the first period and then they did and then it just it, they couldn't get it done because Carolina is too good. I, I just I hate to say this after one game, but Carolina is the better team. <laughs> like they're far better at hockey and I don't know what John Hines can do when the other team is just this much better. And I, I don't I don't think you can try to play the speed game with them, can you? Like, I don't think you can try that. I mean, he's, no, clear, he's clearly going to have... they're not as fast as Carolina. They're not as fast as Carolina. And look, the idea of having Ellie Tolvanen in the lineup, it's just the possibility <laughs> that he can score if given the opportunity. But in order to get that opportunity, the the rest of the team has to do things right. And, and you weren't seeing that last night. You know, one thing about Tolvanen... Before his injury, he was shooting 19.6% in all situations. I looked this up. At the time he left the lineup um, in early April because of injury, among players who had taken 50 shots on goal in that span, which, which stretched from the beginning of February to the beginning of April, only two players had a higher shooting percentage in the NHL, Chris Kreider and Brad Marchand. So it was likely yeah. that Tolvanen was going to regress. And in the, in the nine games he played after he came back from injury, he had a 7.1 shooting percentage, which, you know, is probably, you know, his, his, his average is probably somewhere in the middle. He's not as good at, as 19.6. He's not as bad as 7.1. 
but did you really ever notice Ellie Tolvanen in any of those games in those nine games? He had a, yeah, he had a, yeah. a goal in his in return in his return against Chicago um, in Chicago, but that was it. Um, other than that, he was nowhere near as noticeable in the games as he was before that when he wasn't just scoring goals, he was making plays on both ends of the ring. You weren't seeing that from yeah. Tolvanen. You, you were seeing, you were seeing the full, the full 200 feet. Like you were just saying that John Hines was challenging his forwards to play that style of game. Again, right. we, we can, we can debate this like Arvidsson back in the lineup. Uh, like people were saying Rocco yeah. over Arvidsson. And right. And like that to me is just like, absurd. if you're going to here, here's the strategy. If I'm just sort of trying to play out John Hines's mental sort of mindset. Number one, we want to play a big physical game. Number two, we're not sure about Tolvanen and Fabro. If we're going to bring Arvidsson back, the easiest and quickest way to reintegrate him into the lineup without any rust is to play him with Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson. That's the easiest way because they're the most comfortable. You know, we could debate should they have Matt Benning or Dante Fabro in the lineup on the bottom pair because maybe that brings some more speed to the game, some different combination to maybe help on the back end dealing with some of that Carolina speed. And maybe you don't play... Jeannot or Olivier, you move Jeannot back down, you take Olivier out. So I expect some adjustments just like you do. And maybe they go to a slightly faster lineup, but I don't think that makes a difference in game one. So I think Preds fans need to sort of swallow that pill that this is not a John Hines lineup mistake that ruined their, their Monday night. It was two, two, and they were lucky to be two, two going into the third period. And so look, I, I, I hate to be the just, you know, tell it how it is kind of guy here, but like Carolina is just better and you're going to have to be special to beat them. They were pretty tough in period one and they were just the Nashville predators <laughs> in, in, in period two and three. And they're going to have to be special on Wednesday night. So number one, Adam, what adjustments do you expect from John Hines? They have to anticipate adjustments from Carolina. And then what is the big prediction? What is the key? What do we think happens on Wednesday night? Well, I would like to just say this about the lineup one more time. Like, it doesn't matter what secondary players are in the lineup, whether it's Ellie Tolvanen or Dante Fabro or Rocco Grimaldi or Matt Benning. If the top players on the team don't do their jobs, Philip Forsberg scored. Ryan Johansson had a nice pass on that on that goal. That you know that was really about it from them. Um, you know, see again, Yossi was bad. Yeah, and 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 it's interesting to me, and I might dig into this later, that the pair of Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis, regular season versus playoffs, it's night and day, and I don't really understand why. Maybe it's because the physical nature that we assume that we you know assume happens in the postseason. I think there were a combined 100 hits last night. Perhaps that is not you know that's not tailored to their specific games. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't matter if Ellie Tolvanen's in or out or Matt Benning's in or out or Dante Fabro's in or out or Rocco Grimaldi's in or out if the top players on the team don't do their jobs. So I expect there to be adjustments. I'm not sure who would come in. Um, to me, I think I, I understand why John Hines put all four, as the broadcast called them, herdsmen in the lineup last night. <laughs> but I don't really think you needed all four yeah, in the yeah. lineup. Like, I appreciate what Matthew Olivier brings. But I don't think you needed him and Tanner Janot in the lineup. If I were make, if I were in charge, I would take Olivier out, 
put Janot back where he normally goes and then make a third line that's more offensively inclined, whether that's moving Arvidsson down there with Halla and Duchesne and putting Tolvanen back with Forsberg and Johansson. Yep. I think yep. you need to have, I understand the need for, and the desire for physicality, but I think you need a little bit more offensive skill yep. in the lineup. So what I would do, and I, I think I talked about this at the beginning of the series, I would have Tolvanen where he has been for most of the season with Forsberg and Johansson. I would have Arvidsson on the third line with Halla and Duchesne. Yep. I would keep the, the, the Granlin line and the Sissons line the same. On defense, you can put Benning in instead of Goodbranson, or you could put play Benning and Fabro and have one of them play on, on his offhand. Um, but that's what I would do. Like, I think I they may have leaned too much into the physicality last night, but like I, like you, like you said, and I agree, you know, it's like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic a little bit. <laughs> At least that's what, it, that's what it has the feelings of based on last <laughs> no, night. I, I agree. Maybe again, you could question in hind in hindsight that maybe they went too far into the heavy, but like at the same time, it, they were tied to two going into the third period, you know, swimming upstream against a better team. So um, uh, you mentioned like the best players not performing again when your second line, Granlin, Yarncroke, your two leading scorers, by the way, you're when your second line doesn't have a shot. I'm sorry that that's part of the problem. Now, did like, they not have a shot attempt or not a shot on goal? They did not have a shot on goal. I think they had like three shot attempts, but like, okay. again, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they did not get one on frame again. They only had like 19 shots with like six minutes to go in the game, they had 10 of those in the first period. So they had like nine combined shots through most of the second and third period. They had no pressure. They had no offensive zone time. They had no anything. And the key to this, especially with Nadelkovic being a rookie, you, you've got to fluster him. You've got to be in his face, be in his kitchen. They tried that in the first period and it kind of worked and they just could not establish any of that in the second and third period. So I understand John Hines' strategy on trying to go big to accomplish that it didn't work as well as you may have liked. So now you need to make an adjustment. So um, what do we expect to see from Carolina and Nashville in game two? Well, if you're Carolina, you're hoping for more of the same. I mean, except for scoring on the power play. I mean, that game could have been a lot worse if not for the predators penalty kill stepping up. And John Hines was, you know, was upset with the type of penalties that the predators were taking. He called them soft penalties you know, interference penalties, high sticking penalties, tripping penalties, you know, they weren't, you know, in the course of battle penalties, they were, you know, losing a step on your man, you know, your man yeah. getting a step on you, you know, lazy stick play, things like that. So, you know, the, the hurricanes are going to go 0 for five on the power play again. Um, so other than that, Carolina basically played the game they wanted to play. It looked a lot like the game they played in mid-April where they had 48 shots on net. Um, so if you're Carolina, other than you know finding a way to score on the power play, you basically just want to run that back. Um, Nashville, I, you know, we I think we kind of covered it. Like yep. there needs to be more pressure offensively. They need to get to the slot more. Um, they need to make Nadalkovich's job harder, which they did not do. Um, so I mean, I think it's clear. Um, yep. if, 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 if the rest of the series plays out, like it did last night, we'll be doing our wrap up podcast next week. Yep. Yep. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, it, listen, it was a fun, intense 
physical first period, I was like, oh, thank God, please give me playoff hockey back again. And then Carolina just sort of turned on the Jets. And if you take away the game that doesn't really count, game 56, the last one of the regular season, this team, Carolina, is now what, 7-1-1? One, and 6-1-1 one? One, one against the Predators this year? So let's let's not pretend that this isn't a super uphill battle for Nashville and that like one roster lineup change is like the reason that they lost the game. Yeah. This night, idea, so. this idea that the predator, like, I don't think anyone is saying necessarily that the predators lost because Ellie Tolvanen didn't play or Dante Favreau didn't play, but the fact, but the idea that they would have made the difference is, is yeah. faulty. I believe. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back to recap game two as well with yet another short gold standard bonus pod edition playoff mini thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, obviously, the gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers. Go to Jaspers. Watch the Preds. you got a great happy hour, four to six every day, Monday through Friday. And then, of course, during Preds games, you get some cheap beers and some cheap burgers, which you like a lot as well. I do. Um, Really cool, uh, really good appetizers. Some new menu items as well. The Grab It Go Market. We've got a private dining room that you can rent out now to be a if you want to have a watch party. Of course, not too many, maybe more of those for the Preds. But uh, fingers crossed, we'll have a different outcome on Wednesday night, and we'll be talking about something very different on Thursday morning, hopefully. Uh, Adam, pay for good. Everybody out there, pay for good journalism. Go follow Adam Bingen's work at the Athletic. Where can they follow you on the Twitters? At Adam Bingen. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back after game two. This has been the gold standard here on the 440 Sports Network.